0: Thanks for listening to Shazam! Episode 2. I'm Matt Baker, and with me is our man on the streets, Aaron Thuringer.
1: Hello, Do you like hello. That? It is Do you cold, li- like that nickname? rainy,
0: windy, weird in Arizona right now. That is, that is information only a man on the streets can give you.
1: <laughs> you know, it's um, been gray for a month straight. And it's not supposed to be gray here. It's supposed to be sunny. I'm not sure what's happening.
0: You know, Aaron. Some would say it's been gray in Sunsland for seven years. Am I right? Oh. oh, okay.
1: Oh, that that hurts so much because it's so true.
0: Yeah. Well, um, as like a we we we'll, we don't want to we didn't want to do a full introduction podcast of just us because I don't know that we're not that interesting. Boring as we're not but uh we'll I guess we'll do them week to week so let's start Aaron what is what's your first sons memory
1: well the Suns have always been my favorite team because they are my first sports memory in addition to being my, fir- my first sons memory is my first sports memory and mm-hmm. i remember sitting on my couch at my home in glendale arizona Crying because the Suns lost to the Portland Trail Blazers in the 1992 Western Conference semifinals. And uh, if you remember correctly, that was the series that when they left the court, one of the assistant coaches, I forget who it was, said, We need to get ourselves a Charles Barkley. Okay. You know what? They got themselves a Charles Barkley. But they that's my him. first memory. Um, I loved Kevin Johnson, he was the man. Portland. Portland had a really good team. Of course, they went to the finals that year, but I don't know. Eight-year-old me didn't
0: care. I was just sad. The Suns lost. Hey, you, you were conditioned to losing sports at an early age.
1: Yeah, um,
0: yeah. I I remember. Mine is. They're kind of two different ones. They're both. They were both just random, non non important games that. Uh, the old madhouse on McDowell, Veterans uh, Memorial yeah. Coliseum. I remember going to a game against the Sonics there with my grandparents and people yelling at Xavier McDaniel. And then I remember once it was a Charlotte Hornets game. We were down, for some reason we were down right by where the players enter. The we were like in the tunnel. We weren't in the stands. We were in the tunnel. Did you and, get a, a close up look at Grandmama, or is that was this pre Grandmama? Uh, this this would have this could have been there, but I I mean I wouldn't have been old enough to know, you know. But I yeah. I do I do remember we were with our friend's dad and Mike Jaminski. You remember Mike Jaminski? Jem, Tall white guy, right? Yeah, so he comes by, and our friend's dad says, Hey, Mike, do you remember me? We used to play at so and so. And Mike just goes, Nope, don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, that so that's is it. a vivid and deep cut first memory. Yeah, it might also not even exist. It might just be like in my head, but I'm pretty sure it happened.
1: Well, I'm pretty, I'd, I'd be down for a segment where you just make up. Sports
0: memories, son's memories is, on this podcast. I think that'd it be could, fantastic. It'd be a game show like, is this true? And we have to decide <laughs> whether or not it's true. The Mike uh,
1: Jaminsky thing sounded very true. Like oh, who yeah, would make it, that up?
0: Yeah, who would who would make it up with him specifically? If it was not true, it would be Larry Johnson and he slam dunk me from half court and all that fun stuff.
1: You know what but, your Jaminski story reminds me of?
0: No, this I don't, please is...
1: tell me. In in Phoenix right now or in Arizona, there is a a commercial starring Thunder Dan and mm-hmm. it's for LASIK eye center surgery. Right. But at the end of the commercial he can see better and he realizes on his menu at Marley's that Joe Klein still has a burger or something. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. Joe Klein still on this menu? And I just remember thinking that is like a vague 15-year-old joke right there that they're working into this LASIK commercial. Like, the market for that joke is literally people like you or me or people who liked the Suns 15 years ago.
0: And who have also been to Marley's. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's um, pretty awesome. I'd like to think that I'd write something like that if I was writing the creative for LASIK's commercial advertising My, in the Valley. Might as
0: well. I, I would think that's the... Uh that's the uh market really is just suns fans that i don't know maybe they maybe they're so tired of looking at the product on the court they want their eyes fixed i don't know what's <laughs> going on
1: so you think um, in the in the LASIK creative meeting the the creative director or whoever was heading the campaign was like our target audience has to be suns fans so hardcore they know who joe klein is
0: yeah exactly <laughs> That's... and they know they know enough to know that he it, it's a, just a joke between Marley and Joe Klein in fact actually <laughs> i've been to marley's and seen joe klein there really so yeah so that it, it this is actually I'm, I'm i'm starting to believe this commercial more than more than i was 5 minutes ago so
1: well i actually have two quick dan marley marley stories if you'd like to, if you'd like to hear them
0: i think the audience would love them
1: so I, you know, he used to go hang out at Marley's after he was a son's announcer for a while, right? During the, the sure. glory years of of seven seconds or less. And he used to hang out at, at his restaurant after the games. And one time I was in Marley's after a game and I walked past him and he was like, hey, and I was like, oh, man, Dan <laughs> Marley just said hi to me. So I was like, yeah. hey. But then I realized he was talking to the very pretty girl behind me and not me. (laughs) Um, Story two is I walked into the bathroom at Marley's and he was in the bathroom, just leaving the bathroom. And he said, hey, locked eyes at a very awkward moment (laughs) when you like, you know how you can sometimes awkwardly lock eyes with the guy accidentally in a bathroom. I did that with Dan Marley. It was amazing.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, you have two Marley stories and they both are awkward. It's great. Um, (laughs) Yep, so a lot of memories there. That sounds like a perfect transition into This Week in Sons. Ooh. Which is a segment name I just made up based on your recommendation. Uh, So they had, at the time of this recording, they had two games. They played... Uh, at they played versus Utah at home and at Cleveland, they lost. Continuing a, a
1: pretty brutal stretch, they've they've played a lot of. I think their last four games were Cleveland, Dallas, San Antonio, Utah, Cleveland. That's five games, excuse me. But it's um, been a uh, tough stretch for them.
0: Yeah, so they so obviously Booker is the guy we like to talk about here. He came off two thirty nine point games in Mexico. So earlier this week he had he had a twenty-five point game against the Jazz, but what kind of stuck out to me with his performance in that game is he played forty six minutes and he had one assist, no rebounds, no steals, no blocks. He I it's that's pretty striking to play almost the whole game and just kind of be it's very Jamal Crawford esque of him. No, you're right.
1: Forgetting. And I, I do think part of that is Utah's defense is really good and sure. he wasn't no one he wasn't gonna get the ball to anyone. Um I mean what I mean by that is it's not like the Suns run the most perfect offense that spreads the ball around and well, shares the ball. The... I think they're they're pretty low. Weren't they like historically low in in assist ratio or assist percentage for a while there. So I'm not surprised that they struggled against Utah in that facet, but they were also in that game for a long time and and almost won it. And in the fourth quarter, there was a lot of Booker getting by the first defender and hitting mid-range jump shots. And I thought he actually played really well in the second half of that game, despite the fact that he recorded nary an other (laughs) statistic.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough because... I'm looking at I'm looking at the stats from the the big men, and the big men were pretty non-existent, as you would imagine, against uh Gobert and Favors. And they didn't um,
1: have Chandler in that game, right. who, in the least surprising development ever, had stomach issues after returning from Mexico.
0: <laughs> I forgot you texted me that. That was good. <laughs> it. This is it. This is kind of what happens when you have a young front court against kind of these season vets at this point is you're not, they're not going to get a lot of opportunities. They're, they're not going to get a lot of chance for, they're not going to get a lot of second chances. So it basically comes down to uh, Booker and Bledsoe. Chris, Warren, and Len all had as had combined as many field goal attempts as Bledsoe. So they, they were clearly, they were playing the game from the free throw line. And back really. But it it was working for him. I mean Bloodsoe was was
1: killing at that game. That's one of the better games I've ever seen him play. I mean he was getting Yeah, he almost
0: had a triple double.
1: Yeah, he was getting a shot off, he was making everything. I mean him and Booker really kept them into that game. One thing that kinda hurts my heart watching these especially this Suns Jazz game was I think Alex Lund's a, a a decent player. But you know they could have they could have had Gobert in that draft, and sure. um, it's just kind of sad seeing like Gobert is a machine and Len is just okay. I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, they could have had yeah Greek freak with that pick too. I mean, but it's right.
0: It's just an unfortunate byproduct of the draft in general, really.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Gobert I'm is good. a a machine, man. It's like guy is something else.
0: Yeah, Len. Len in that draft, that draft was weird in general. And Len at one point was being talked about as the number one overall pick, whether or not that was just smoke. But it, uh, Gobert, it, it, between him and, uh, Greek Freak, between Gobert and Greek Freak, it might be, it, it could be time. I don't know. People have always looked at European players and, um, I should say non American players, uh, at the top of the draft, but, it's weird because these guys, these these non American players, kind of settle into the late lottery right after the lottery picks. And those are the guys that actually develop into something.
1: You know what I, I don't think know happens? I... I think that they, the, you get a Greek freak or go bear that a foreign player drafted outside the lotter- lottery that does really well. And the next year, GMs go, oh, I, Got to draft the foreign player. He could right. be the next Go Bear, and then they reach on these foreign players, and they fail. And then the next, the next draft, the GMs think, "Oh, the foreign players built the last draft. I'm going to go towards the American." It's almost like a
0: never-ending cycle, right? Right. So yeah. it just, it's just kind of a uh, what follow what's working until it's not working, and then just go with the next thing. Type, yeah, type plan. But also, yeah. that was a weird draft in general. The, yeah, twenty. I think the top picks were bad, of... but
1: there were some really decent players in that draft. They were just drafted later.
0: Yeah, twenty thirteen was pretty forgettable for a bunch of people. It, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So they they played well against the Jazz and they had a chance uh, to actually come away with the victory in that game. Then they had to go to Cleveland where. They only lost by fifteen. At halftime, they were down by eighteen. Um, and that kind of fought, was one of those games
1: where you could tell five minutes in it was it was done.
0: Yeah, um, that, that they, were, pretty... they, they never
1: had a chance in that game. They were they were gonna. There was no other outcome of that game than blowout.
0: It, it why, why is just because they. I mean, obviously the Cavs are a whole different level than them, but well, um,
1: I, I mean, I, I say that because just you could tell from the first five minutes, like it wasn't that the Suns were gonna get back in the game; they were just they were done, and they right. had the unfortunate, unfortunate, unfortunately, they had to play Cleveland. They, I think, that was Cleveland's first game after just getting killed by the Warriors, right? So they weren't gonna
0: take that game off. So and this was. Uh... A revenge game, basically.
1: Yeah, and even though Love not a didn't revenge play, against
0: the Suns, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It just the game yeah. was never in doubt. It was one of those. It was kind of like uh, the ASU A basketball game last week that you knew it was right. over a couple minutes in. This was the same way, right, at I least understand. from what I saw.
0: Yeah, so they Booker in this game. He he didn't shoot that well. He actually made 13 of 14 free throws, but then he came back with eight assists and seven rebounds. So he was able to he was able to find the stat sheet. I don't want to be one of those guys that lives and dies by the stats, but I think it uh, it's interesting to just go from almost nothing to playing a better team and finding your teammates and getting in there and getting rebounds this time around. But maybe yeah, some of that and- ha- some of that has to do with Kevin Love being out, so the Cavs played a smaller lineup. They they had a uh, James Jones got significant minutes in this one. And, it was uh, weird
1: to see James Jones get significant minutes. That
0: was uh, a yeah. that was kind of a throwback. Yeah, he's just kind of stuck around. It, in, he got he got on uh, got on LeBron's good side, and he's been there ever since. It's a. It's a smart move on his part. Yeah, that was the most the most minutes James Jones has played in over a month. And wow. the second most minutes he's played all year. What a, If you'd
1: have told me that was the most minutes he had played in 10 years I would have believed you.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. They <laughs> they uh, Booker Bledsoe and Warren all played big minutes. Brandon Knight played four minutes total this week. He missed the Jazz game. Uh what was was he was he not feeling good for the Cavs game or did he just did they just kind of Um well yeah, 4, he got four thousand four
1: minutes if I remember correctly. Oh that he was, was kind true. of a disaster. Um okay. I can't really tell if he's hurt or just bad. It's a combination yeah. of both, probably.
0: Yeah. It uh sitting 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 him one game with an injury, and then following that up with four games in four minutes, doesn't up the old non-existent trade value. Let's see. Hold wait. What? The old non-existent trade value. Because he already has—he already has very little trade value. So, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately,
1: and the fact that this the sun started to play better. After they benched him, not that he was the sole factor in them playing bad, but yeah, I just I can't imagine that guy has any trade value. Like maybe. Do you, well, I don't want to. We're going to talk about possible trades later, so I won't spoil anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, uh, what do you what did you see from? Do you think the Suns because they played well in Mexico and they played well against Utah and the Cleveland game? I mean he. They're they're a young, not great team, so you get a pass on getting crushed by Cleveland. But do you think do you think that they're improving, or that they actually kind of just bring their top level game against the marquee opponents? I
1: mean, that's a good good question. We're not going to know until they start playing some poorer teams again, because like they play at New York, and New York's not a winning record-wise marquee team, but it's New York, and they play sure. Toronto, who's good. But I would definitely say they were improving. Watching that Jazz game on Monday, I was having a great time. They they were very entertaining. They were playing very well. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking during that game that it looked like they were going to beat Utah for most of it, that right. they're going to play themselves out of a top three pick. And I just remember Trying to be okay with it, and just, I'm going to enjoy the fun, the excitement, and a young team starting to win games. And then they ended up losing to Utah, which was, like, the the best case scenario, play very well against a good team and lose. So I do think they were improving, for sure. But I also think that they could easily do that thing where they check out against poor teams because they are just getting up for this tough stretch. Tough stretch of their schedule.
0: Yeah, so they they play at the Knicks, at the Raptors, then they have games against uh, Minnesota, two games against Denver, Memphis, and the Clippers before they hit Sacramento. So they they honestly they might not see a win until February, which I guess is only nine days away, but at a, or ten <laughs> days away. But still, they they're at Sacramento and at New Orleans. These are kind of games that seem winnable, but they, like I think the key is, I'm you, them bringing their A game against marquee opponents is perfectly fine because I don't think they're going to win their games. I just you just want to see, obviously you just want to see the little improvements. You want to see Chris getting in there and holding his own. You want to see Warren find a shooting touch. You want to see Len show anything like it it, it it it's not it's not necessarily about the outcome it's more about it, not not moral victories per se but actual tangible improvements so
1: no you're right it's
0: know. it's much
1: more exciting when they lost to utah they were still making some stuff happen with lineups including bender and booker obviously and the younger guys earlier in the year when they would have a feisty performance against a good team and it was lineups featuring PJ Tucker and Jared Dudley and Leandro Barbosa and Brandon Knight, it wasn't exciting at all. It was just, you know, these guys aren't gonna lead us anywhere. Right. When it's the young guys that that, you know, play these close games against a Utah it is Infinitely more exciting, and the possibilities sure. become much greater, much better, much more positive so i'm I'm way more into this version of the team right now than I was yeah. two months ago i i could have i i couldn't bring myself to care two months ago because i i couldn't i couldn't enjoy when they won, and they weren't weren't fun to watch at all when Just they em- lost empty victories really. Exactly, empty victories, empty calories, yeah. and empty victories. They both taste right. the same.
0: Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> so I, speaking of you know the future and things like that, I went to watch Arizona State play UCLA this week to watch Lonzo Ball. You saw our boy. I saw. I saw him. He. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a particularly good shooting night for him. He he scored 3 of their first points and then I don't think scored until the second half. But so he didn't I, live
1: up to the Jason Kid with the jump shot billing?
0: um not it, it, it's not that he didn't. He just didn't take many shots. Isaac Hamilton, one of their players, had 25 in the first half. So mm. so that's kind of where the shots were going.
1: But I Ignorant question for you: Is Isaac Hamilton someone who is on an NBA radar?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know. I can look. I, he's been around for a couple of years, but I'm sure. Then probably I'm not. Sure he, I'm well. I'm, i been yeah, around for a couple years.
1: Also... You're off my radar.
0: Yeah, that's the way it is. I <laughs> only now. do freshmen. He's, yeah, he's he's he'll probably get a look somewhere, whether it be like summer league or whether it be. Olympiacos. Yeah, a camp invite, something like that. He he was second team All-Pac 12 last year, so he's he's been good for a few years, but with ball I, his in in this game particularly his strength was also his weakness of he I felt like every time he got the ball, he already knew where the pass was going. Like so if someone passed it to him, he already knew where his pass was, which was worked out really well cuz he saw the court and he was able to get he was able to get it to an open teammate but at the same time he when he would get the ball sometimes he would run and he would do the old jump in the air and then try and figure out what to do with the ball which resulted in a few too many turnovers and i yeah. think that i think that's just a product of athleticism being at the most athletic kid on the court basically his entire life. So he once he gets up there, he he just assumes he'll f- be able to make the best play. But Do you, uh, w-
1: would you say he Sorry to cut you off. I I was wondering did, did is he someone that was looking to pass more than he was
0: looking to shoot? Was he too passive? Uh in this game I saw him he was just because like I had said he Isaac Hamilton was hitting the, the The problem with this game was that uh, Arizona state was out of it pretty early because uh, that's
1: happening just, too much lately.
0: Yeah. But they, it's not a pattern I enjoy. Yeah. But UCLA was hitting threes at a pretty high rate quick, quickly, you know? So yeah, they, they, he, he saw these opportunities to hit these open men Open, open boys, open players, and uh, so I, I think that was a product of him looking to pass more because of what was happening on the court. I think he he only shot five times the entire game, but he had but he had twelve assists. So I I I think you know, and that I, that feels to me, Jason Kidd like if he if he had to shoot he would, but he if he knew if his teammates were shooting better he would look to get it to them
1: how about height wise is he like legit six feet six inches tall
0: yeah he i i was sitting a little bit back Uh, the way poly pavilion is poly pavilion is not centered i don't think i think one at one end kind of goes back a little further than the other end so i was off the court a little bit but he he looks he's Kind of thin, but he he is he looks properly listed. I don't I don't know the best way to phrase that. <laughs> it uh, but yeah, I like I, I I nothing that I saw just detracted me from thinking that he would he could be good because he seemed to see the court well, and he kind of knew what was going on at all times. And he would get in there defensively. I it'd be interesting. I I, I want to go back. They play Washington in a month with who has Markel Fultz. So I want to go back and see the two of them play each other.
1: I was going to ask you about Markel Fultz. Have you seen much of him play yet this year?
0: And I mean, if wa- so,
1: how does he compare to Alonzo Ball?
0: I, I don't know a lot about Fultz. I watched him play when Gonzaga played Washington, and Gonzaga smacked him. So it was kind of, he he, he didn't play that well. So uh, I'll have to reserve that until I see him, maybe live or check out a few more of his games. But definitely, so I that's... think I'm
1: gonna try to get to a, an ASU Washington game this year as well, yeah. and hopefully have a a breakdown of him live because it's it's interesting. We get we're both West Coasters. You're in LA, I'm in Phoenix. We we established that last podcast, but we get an up up front up close look at maybe the top two picks in the draft this year so that is pretty exciting
0: yeah that's why i want to go to that ucla washington game for that very reason but aaron i have a question for you yes Do you find it tough to do things around your house
1: um i'm i'm about as far from a handyman as you could possibly
0: imagine oh man that's Perfect that you said that, because I have an app for you, and it's Handy.com. Oh. Handy.com uses experienced, friendly, background-checked, and insured professionals to help you do home services that you can't do yourself. If it's interior painting, wall mounting, home and office cleaning, moving services, plumbing, electrical work, or air conditioning, Handy.com has the person for you. And it's super easy, Aaron. You can book online in 60 seconds, and here's what you do. You select the date and time you'd like your professional to show up. They'll confirm your appointment and take care of payment electronically and securely. Then you download the app and where you can access booking management tools and more. And then an experienced, fully equipped professional will show up on time at your doorstep and that sounds like a great app honestly it, it, it's a pretty solid app and what makes it even better is if you use the code almighty5050 you'll get 50% off cleaning services so do
1: they do anything in terms of like they do housework and everything too right
0: yeah as far as uh home cleaning and and plumbing and electric and working on air conditioning yeah they they, they this is basically a service that will find someone to help you make your life easier.
1: You know, I it sounds like a the service for me because the last time I wielded a hammer was a <laughs> toy version of Thor's hammer. Yeah. Basically I never <laughs> never used tools.
0: Yeah. So handy.com. You're, you're more of a joystick man yourself. <laughs> but that's <laughs> almighty fifty five zero at handy dot com for fifty percent off cleaning services so there was some there was some news this is not news I don't know what to call it like people rumors, rumors. Of, for p j tucker they they what is it like teams are interested in him. And that's that's there's been rumors about PJ Tucker
1: all year, right? That's what I was gonna say. There were last year also. uh, There's a big one with Toronto last year was a a place people thought he might go. They ended up getting getting traded. There's been other teams this year that have been linked to him. New York earlier in the year. A few others popped up this week. It just a it's rumor season, and he's a. A defense-first hustle guy that'd be good in a playoff team, with one year left on his deal.
0: Yeah, they, these. So John Gambodoro of of Arizona Sports, who I I trust Gambo sources because I've grown up listening to him, listening to him for years, and he seems to know what he's talking about. I he's often right. Yeah, one thing that frustrates me about this is it's like the lowest form of rumor is. These are the teams that are interested in them, and that's it. So it's like they're not, there's no players, there's no picks, there's no what would it take. It's just kind of like, yeah, the Clippers, Bulls, Cavs, T Wolves, and Hawks are all interested in them. Okay, cool. it. But <laughs> Great. it what, yeah, what makes this, what makes this a t- PJ Tucker, I feel he's a tough player to trade because not that you can't trade him, but because he's right on that edge of, if you play your cards right, you can get something pretty decent for him. But if you are just looking to shed shed him, then you will end up with like a weird second round pick or something that might not be of any value. I know it's one thing to collect assets, but you can collect assets and not do anything with them. Does that you know what I'm trying to say? Like he's right there on yep. that on that edge. So the, the question I have for you is: Would you? so you would
1: take a second round pick for Me? him even though you know they're not going to re-sign him next year
0: i mean honestly if it if it comes down to it and it's it if it comes down to trade deadline and the market is dried up and the only thing is the cavs offering you one second round pick for pj tucker i mean it would it it there's a different I guess there's a difference between getting something and then just kind of setting the bar low to where, like oh if you just wait till the last second with the Suns they'll just kind of give you something for nothing. But so, but
1: you would get that second round pick and you would increase your chances of getting a higher pick in this year's draft. Yeah right? no that's
0: fine I mean if you're if if that's what they're fine with doing if they don't think that he. Can do something along the line like with like Dudley does, or some locker room presence for the young guys. Then, by all means, you know, you know. My attitude toward trades is I'm I'm pretty pro trade. <laughs> uh, yes, like you I, are. I don't know. I, I, during the political season, everyone was talking about trade and getting deals and stuff. I'm when it comes to NBA, I am pro deal, baby. It, it, uh, so <laughs> sad. So if yeah so if they (laughs) exclamation point if they traded him for just that then fine i'm fine with it because i love the action i'm a i'm a i'm a radical gambler but it uh so let's talk do you you have some ideas for some trades so uh but I'm, i'm gonna throw a
1: few pj Tucker trades your way Uh, Two are semi-realistic, and one is ludicrous, and I want your thoughts on them, okay?
0: This will be perfect, because this will introduce our first in-podcast sound drop. I have a ludicrous saying luda that I'm going to put around your ludicrous trade idea, okay?
1: Okay, so here are the realistic ones, and when I say realistic, I definitely don't mean exciting. (laughs) So... (laughs) Destination one is Atlanta. Atlanta seemed like they were going to blow up their team and start over. They traded Korver. Millsap was on the trade block. There's even some rumblings of Howard being on the trade block. But they're winning games, and everyone's off the trade block. So maybe they're going to go into the playoffs thinking, maybe we can be that team that gets the Eastern Conference Finals and loses to LeBron. Sure, (laughs) yeah. So my trade offer to you is P.J. Tucker to Atlanta for DeAndre Bembry and Mike Scott. Mm.
0: Okay. Like I said,
1: not exciting.
0: It's not exciting, but also, so Bembry, they picked with the 21st pick last year. If I, I know that pick values kind of change, but if I told you you could trade P.J. Tucker for the 21st pick this year, would you do it yes absolutely yeah. right so Bembry, um you ki- it that's kind of i know it's it's different cuz the the idea of the unknown being able to take whatever you can is very appealing but i from a standpoint of v- value i would i would do that i would i would accept that even though um as Bembry's a small forward, he's six six. I he's he's, he's can he's, he play? Sorry. We don't know if he can play. Sure, but uh, at the same time, you you don't know who you will get, and if they can play, also, so you might as well let it give him a ton of minutes. Give him not you give him T J Warren a ton of minutes, but have Bembry come off the bench and give him plenty of second tier minutes to see if he he can play because it really again it's the idea of you're going to have to do the same thing with the player next year so if you're right I agree with
1: you 100% on that yeah I do think someone like McDonough is going to think well I want my own first because I have my network of scouts and my thoughts on players and sure I don't think he's going to unless he really liked Benbury last year. I don't yeah. think he's going to want to take a first rounder last year, maybe even over a high second rounder in the the upcoming draft.
0: Atlanta also has the Nets' second round pick this off season. This off season, which could be the thirty first pick, so which is no. you know people say it's basically a first round pick. Um, How do
1: the Nets have no draft picks? I know I get why they don't have their first rounders. How do they not have their valuable second rounders either?
0: Yeah, I don't it it's they they did, they just decided to give every draft pick they have ever owned away. It's for yeah, a it's team that weird. went
1: to the Eastern Conference semifinals.
0: Well, I mean that's why they traded all their they traded all their picks because they uh wanted wanted to go to that. They this pick this second round pick actually was from a trade on July 11th 2012 July 11th which is a uh a very terrible day in American history <laughs> um it's kind of I a great day so. uh for oh, yeah. you listeners
1: out there it's my birthday
0: oh yeah that's right um <laughs> it it uh it, have I told it, it's like the it's a birthday of many people i know which is very weird but anyway um really? so that yeah so I don't know if anyone asked about why You think why it's they...
1: DeAndre Bembry's birthday? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned that they have that high second-round pick, I would think that the Suns would be more interested in that than Bembry, yeah. just because the unknown is more valuable than a semi-unknown quantity. And right. that's just how it's always been in the NBA. Like... You get a first-round pick because you hope you can get someone who's as good as the person you're trading to get the first-round pick for. It's weird, but yeah. it's kind of how they operate.
0: I bet I bet McDonough would do Bembry, Scott, and that second-round pick pretty quickly. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't know, but that seems like a pretty decent deal for PJ Tucker. What's the other? What's the other one?
1: All right, if you want first-round picks, this is the trade for you. <laughs> so PJ Tucker to Minnesota. Right. In return, they take on the contract of Cole Aldridge, who I think after this year has two years, $14 million left on it. Mm-hmm. Not terrible in the current NBA cap, but still, that's a lot of money to pay for someone who is irrelevant. Yeah, I'm fine with and it though, a- if it's a two-year deal. Yeah, and they get Minnesota's first-round pick this year, top 10 Protected. Okay. So basically, so, if Minnesota gets Tucker and makes a playoff push, then they give up the first. If they right. get Tucker and they fall out of the playoffs, this they get to keep their first unless it's in that eleven to thirteen range.
0: So they they so the T Wolves the Suns would get it at eleven is what you're telling me.
1: The Suns would get it at eleven through. Thirty or whatever the number of teams in the league are—I forget.
0: Right. So Minnesota right now is fifteen and twenty-eight, and there is a there is a a very narrow gap between the so the Knicks. I think the Knicks are thirteenth. Would have the thirteenth pick right now, and they have nineteen wins. So it's only four wins kind of separate six from thirteen. So. PJ Tucker could add a few wins to that. To that, I, I, I'm already gonna tell you, I would, I would take that deal because
1: you also remember that the lottery order is decided by record. It's decided by the record of teams not in the playoffs. Right. And I do right. believe that the eighth seed in the West has has like three or four less losses than the eighth seed in the East, if if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. So okay, fair enough. It uh, I w- I would take that deal out uh, because it has a chance to be a decent. Because even if even if T wolves don't make the playoffs this year, uh, and they barely make the playoffs next year, or they barely fall out, that's still a pretty decent pick. Again, for in the in in terms of what you're gonna get for for PJ Tucker, I think that's pretty solid.
1: Yeah, and and who knows? Maybe it's if they have that pick and the pick in this upcoming draft those are two very very valuable picks to have to do some interesting stuff with
0: yeah my my biggest fear with PJ Tucker is that you're just going to trade him to trade him and you get stuck with a few random things it you, if you have this is a chance to where this is a chance where a player who and this is not a slam on P.J. Tucker, but a player who wouldn't have a ton of value has actually significant value that you need to take advantage of. I, we already said that at the beginning of this segment, so um, I don't want to really what it. What if
1: Minnesota offered a mystery box for P.J. Tucker? <laughs> and in this box is a second-round pick, yeah, a first-round pick, and... I did. This is a half baked idea. But I, like, I like the mystery box trade idea.
0: I, I am pro mystery box. I would take the I, odds of me taking a mystery box are pretty high. In general, they could in that mystery box could be a third round pick, which doesn't <laughs> exist, and I would still probably take the box. But the mystery what, what, box
1: could be it's like a one percent chance at Wiggins. I, in an eighty percent chance at a second round pick, would you do it?
0: Yep, because that one that one still could hit. You never know. Uh, I think like I said, like I this am, mystery box idea. Like I like I just said, I am a raging gambleaholic. So let's <laughs> you know do that it. wasn't what?
1: even the uh, ludicrous trade idea that I had. I was uh, going to
0: say, give us that ludicrous trade idea.
1: <laughs> okay, this is this gets a little aggressive. This is a (laughs) four-teamer That just has a ton of stuff going on So In this trade Portland, Phoenix, Brooklyn, and Chicago All come together To make a mega deal Right And at the end of this deal Portland ends up With Tyson Chandler Taj Gibson And PJ Tucker Okay. That's, um, we'll get into that later. Brooklyn ends up with Ray John Rondo, Brandon Knight, Festus Azili, um, Denzel Valentine, and Chicago's first round pick, unprotected. The Suns end up with Evan Turner, Ed Davis, and Portland's first round pick, unprotected. Chicago ends up with Brooke Lopez. <laughs>
0: What, what did the Nets get in that again? The Nets will get Ray John
1: Rondo, which yeah. is just taking—they're taking on a contract. Brandon Knight, a young guard. Maybe they can rebuild. They have no other young talent. Festus Cezeli, a younger center. Denzel Valentine, another possible young piece, and a much-needed unprotected first-round pick.
0: I—that's I, 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 pretty great deal for Brooklyn. I would. That's a lot of moving parts for the Suns, but I think that first-round pick helps, and Evan Turner is a kind of intriguing option. I, I think, I, I don't think, I don't know if that's as ludicrous as it sounds, but it, uh, it definitely isn't going to happen if that's what makes it super ludicrous.
1: But I, like I like the trade the... from Portland's point of view because they get out of Evan Turner's contract. They get give... right toughness and defense for their front court Mm -hmm. to make a run for it this year and Mm -hmm. I don't really know if they need their first round pick if they're going to be in the 13-14 range in that first round pick
0: right uh, yeah again sign me up for sign me you you will know if I'm against a trade because I will vehemently scream no until you take back every word you said but it, 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 you know, I,
1: I forgot to include that um, Chicago also gives Brooklyn a mystery box in this trade. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: the that's the good. That's the uh, the good mystery stuff box right includes
1: there. another first, a second, and a Michael Jordan autographed jersey.
0: That's that's worth the price of admission right there. It, <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn, at some point, well, they already have gotten plenty crazy, so maybe they don't need to get crazy, but. Th- they they might need to get extra crazy just to undo the crazy they've already done. So this would be a good start because they, they just... The Brook Lopez stuff, they, they need to trade him at some point because his value... At one point, his value could have been maybe two first-rounders, and now it's a first-rounder and going down, in my opinion.
1: Well, it's going down because they they really want two first-rounders for him, even though I, no one's going to give that
0: to him. Yeah.
1: So or maybe someone will, but you know we're I'll put a screen a screenshot of this trade on our Twitter account, so um, you the listener can go check it out because it's a lot to it's a lot to take in, in in purely spoken word format
0: that's a great segue into you can find us on Twitter at Shazam Sons. i'm at hey it's Matt Baker and Aaron is at a underscore zone. Uh, If you want to email us, you can email us at shazamsuns at com and tell us all the, I don't know, tell us all the good stuff, whatever the good stuff is. Tell uh, us what
1: you want to hear, and we will talk about it.
0: Yeah, so let's, uh, hopefully the Suns, hopefully the Suns do a lot of good play with some losses, and hopefully there's a trade I Go to the you can go and listen to me on the Brick House podcast too, which I recorded earlier today, and I I told this to Bob. I said, I just want a coach to get fired or someone to get traded. I need the action, Aaron. I need it. I i <laughs> you're, you're fiending here. for it. Yeah, I'm just sitting here and I want I want to text you in all caps about things, but I just can't <laughs> do it at the moment. But uh yeah, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week with a Another incredible episode of Shazam.
1: Until next time.